welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. We are a Woos Media Podcast brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Did you guys catch the NCAA tournament? Championship game last night. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, I did. What a game. So you guys obviously have a cable package that offers TBS and TDN. Sling. I go sling, baby. Sling. I got DirecTV. I'm stream. on, I'm on Fubo. Stream. Oh, you've got the cable. The stream. The no, stream. no. It's oh. DirecTV stream, stream, not the cable. Is it, is it cheaper? Or what, no? is, Much what does cheaper. that yeah. run? Yeah. Right. Only uh, about $400 a month. No, no, it's. Uh, I think the package we got is uh, much closer to like the forty a month. Range. Oh wow, that's what do you get? Than I'm okay. I have altitude, and I got like. Wow. Oh, he's got altitude. Okay, really? I might have to consult wow. after this. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Whoa, I like that. See, I got I got a Fubo, which is awesome because I get Pac-12 Network. I'm a big CU Buffs fan. You know, I also get Red Zone. It's pretty cheap. I can share it with my father-in-law. We split it. It's like twenty, thirty bucks a piece. But apparently, this is the first time I realize it. I don't get TBS or TNT or any of the other channels, pretty much that all uh, these TBS, tournament games were on. TBS and TNT are like the primo, like not ESPN sports. I know spots. And I used to always just be able to, since I'm just streaming on my TV, I could just use somebody else's direct. TV you know, you know in. they offer. You can't do that anymore if you're not at the Wi-Fi location. They don't let you log into the Wi-Fi. Very uh, sneaky. I mean, so they're say, just cutting. I believe, I believe it's, it's our garbage. I believe our DirecTV stream allows for up to like twenty different people simultaneously in, except for to your point, only three different locations. So I think, so I think, uh, yeah, there's only three people that can be on at the same time if you're at different houses. Well, I'll tell you what: if DirecTV decides to become a sponsor. For Red Rock Sports Podcast and Moose Media, then I will switch to DirecTV, okay? If it's actually only just $40, out, I kind of want it. I know, right? Well, I mean, we added I just swore off DirecTV years oh, ago. Oh, so it's not $40. Well, I mean, that was like the base. Oh. You could get out the for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll still talk. We're so still- anyways, <laughs> I, I could not honestly find anywhere to watch the game. I even went up to a local brewery that I, I like to hang out at thinking yeah. I could watch it there. They didn't get it. They had DirecTV and they didn't get it. You know, you could have... Uh, they uh, subscription free. You could have on a computer or phone. You could have plugged it into your TV if you know know how to do those. Now things. you Gee, tell me these Jared. things. Now you yeah, tell me these duh. things. Yeah, I think it was up to like three hours or four hours or something of free without a subscription. Watching. Oh, oh no! I burned through that <laughs> at the okay. beginning. Of you the did, tournament. okay? Yeah. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was well. The first, I mean, the, the championship game is always sweet, but the first like day or two where it's first round, bar That's none, all the I best. Honestly, yeah. really care about because I frankly I don't I don't follow college basketball at all. I watch the tournament that's it it's a, it's a, it was a pretty good game uh i was really really wondering i i opened i started the day and i just kind of flip up my phone i start looking at the nba schedule i'm like there are no nba games on today there were no, and i couldn't figure out why then i realized oh it's because children are gathering on a court to miss jumpers i, I totally oh, forgot oh my god <laughs> also Boom. to me it's it's dumb that they Boom. do that college does their championship games on mondays both the football that and basketball championships are on monday i'm like that's just dumb Get it on a Saturday. Make it's, it a prime it's a time event. Game, it's, it's like fun, what they should do with the NFL. They should put the NFL on Saturdays. I'd go nuts. Yeah. Don't have to work the next day. Uh, I, I started a conversation that I'm not going to like here because I'm the only college football fan yeah. amongst us. I love college football. It's 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 fine. It's so much. Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, we're not even going to get into that conversation. No, it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> no, all that matters in this tournament is that Coach K didn't win. Oh, uh, I know. I, I think. Yeah. I, are we all in agreement at least there? So I saw this. This isn't my take, but someone uh, I was listening to a, a show or radio or something, and they were like, count the amount of times that they cut to Coach K each game. And I did it. I, it, it couldn't have been less than 15 per half. 
It was wild. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. It's not about me, guys. It's not about me. <laughs> and uh, I just have a sneaky suspicion he's coming back next year. I, I think no he's going to pull a Brady. I think he's coming back. He's he's going to want more. He can't give it well, up. Well, Nick, you're a, you're a big Coach K fan, aren't you? I mean, you, you've always been a Duke fan a little bit. A little, little Duke in you. Right? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I, I like Duke. I don't dislike. It's not like I have a big rivalry. I like that what Duke does. However, I don't like that Coach K was all about the student athlete and all this. And, and then he becomes the one and done King. I thought that was kind of bizarre, mm-hmm. but he only seemed to get really good players. However, that said UNC, the roster all time names team. You got Ryan McAdoo leaky black. I still laugh when I hear puff Johnson and Caleb love. That's <laughs> an all time team name right there. Yeah, that's good. That is a good team name. Leaky yeah. black. Are you leaky out of your black. mind? That cannot be. That's uh, not his real name. It sounds like a a a name from from Harry Potter. It sounds like a name. It sounds like a name from Semi Pro, that Will Ferrell movie. (laughs) Coffee Black. Coffee Black. Black. Yeah, Yeah, it's very very close. So, Uh, I just love that. uh, uh, You know, growing up, I was a quote unquote UNC fan, and like. I'm sure there's listeners out there that can relate to this. I think the reason I really truly became a UNC fan was because I liked the color scheme and the hat that I got. You know, has anyone ever like experienced like, oh, I kind of like the hat. So you kind of become a fan when you're like 10. Th- this is right? how I'm trying to get my wife into college <laughs> sports. I'm like, just pick one of the logos. One of the mascots. No, I was like a 10 like, year old kid. It. Just like, oh, I like that hat. And then I'd be. And so, you know, now it was great to see. You know, Coach K's career end with two losses to UNC oh, that was, in that a matter nice. of weeks. So uh, it's pretty funny. I saw something too <laughs> that his very first loss ever was to North Carolina, and then his last loss ever. Uh, the coolest one is that he ended up fifty and fifty all time. I love that, UNC. right? So That's he doesn't have the winning crazy. record. Like, yeah. yes, it's just now, so now, satisfying. Were you guys as surprised as I was that? And I know we're we're not really talking about a championship game now, but are you as surprised as I was that that was the first time? in the NCAA tournament history that UNC and Duke faced each other? Oh, I thought that, so too. Yes, yeah. that, that is was very su- That was shocking to me. And the only thing I can think of is that they're very often both like top seeds, top two or three seeds. So you're uh, a lot of times you end up in different brackets. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't face each other until still seems, still yeah. seems pretty it crazy. Is. I, I think it's surprising. No, no, but the, but the championship game was good stuff. I, I thought it was fun. It was fun. I had money on uh, uh, UNC and uh, looking real good at the beginning. But oh, you took money line? Oh no, I actually took plus seven, so I did win. But then I also yes, I did took money line uh, during like a live bet action, and it uh, as you do it failed for me. Uh, yeah. As you do, I know. Ten, ten to defa- I'm not a professional better, so you know. I uh, I wish. I, I wasn't really watching the first or the last probably five, 10 minutes of the, uh, the first half. And I think they got as high as like plus 450 Kansas did to win. I, that would been an awesome bet. Yeah. I, that's mm-hmm. actually where like I make a living with sports betting, which is dangerous and makes me lose most of the time. Uh-huh. But when you get those heavy you know, favorites that get down big, you end up getting them at good positive numbers. You get a good payout if it hits. It's a good way to uh, enjoy the comeback to make the backdoor cover even better for UNC because I think it got down, I think it was four. I don't know if you, how you got it at seven. I think the spread was four before the game started, but it was I got it after uh, Kansas went up big in the first like minute. or two. Oh, cool. So yeah, uh, yeah four to start. Uh, the game is three points and that freaking point guard goes out of bounds. I'm like, Oh my God, they were definitely going to get fouled. He was going to make one. Oh yeah. I know. So that wild. Was, that was wild. So I had a buddy who he had Kansas at, at minus five or in minus four rather. Sorry. He had, he had Kansas minus four. And because I took that line, like the first minute of the game, I had North Carolina plus seven and a half. So we were just like, we were, you know, we were like teamwork and I'm like, Hey, Let's get it to be like five points. We're getting near the end. Of the game, like five points would be perfect. And it was three points. And then 
We're like, oh, this is perfect. He's going to get the ball in, get fouled, have a chance to make two free throws. We're both going to win money. And then he steps out of bounds. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the best, though. Bummer for my buddy. get beat on <laughs> I won, stupid though. things like that. <laughs> I won. I won. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we ought to move on to some of the local sports that we are here to discuss that all of our listeners out there are looking forward to. But before we do that, I think it's time to look at this day in sports history. This day in sports history. 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 All right. This time, I got, got a few for you. Got three of them for you. So, April 3rd, 2019, San Antonio coach Greg Popovich is ejected after an NBA record low 63 seconds in the Spurs' 130 or 113-85 loss to the Denver Nuggets in Denver. He received two technical fouls and a verbal confrontation with a referee and was ejected within the first 63 seconds. Was it Joey Crawford? Do you happen to know? I do not know if it it was, but uh, I, 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 do you guys remember that? Because I remember that. I don't. Uh, So it was the game where Michael Malone is giving a press conference and then Greg Popovich comes in and crashes it uh, and and starts making fun of himself. And it was fun. So I I think some Denver Nuggets fans will remember that. If you get two T's in that (laughs) short of a time, you knew what you were doing. That's impressive. I'm not even mad. He didn't want to be there that day, but he didn't want anyone to know that. (laughs) Huge fight with his wife right before the game. He needed to go talk. All right, all right. (laughs) Go get a beer by himself. Next one, we got April 5th. 1984, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar breaks Wilt Chamberlain's all-time scoring record of 31,419 points uh, and, you know, holds that record today. So, uh, although I, I believe LeBron's probably right on. Relax. Right point, so, relax. You know, I don't know. Hey, take a this. chill pill. <laughs> relax. All right, I, got, I got one more for you. Dealing with Colorado sports again. April 5th, 1993, expansion team Colorado Rockies play their very first game it is a loss at Shea Stadium to the New York Mets, three to nothing. Naturally, mm-hmm. and and thus started a long history of many more losses to come. Yeah, I was thinking you ought to have mm-hmm. some some opening day related <laughs> stuff there. That as in that this, I guess, usually it's a week or two earlier. Now that I think about it, uh, isn't it's been it? it's been both. No, I mean it's okay. been both. Uh, it it's been typically uh, beginning of April. So okay, so yeah, obviously the Rockies do begin their uh, season. I think. Friday is their first game, if I'm not mistaken, against the Dodgers. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're actually going to do a little trivia. I put together some trivia, tried to kind of even the odds here. I know Connor is a little bit of a nerd when it comes to Rockies God, facts. You know? So I tried to uh, throw some things out there. So we'll have some fun. We'll talk some Rockies trivia a little bit later. But first, let's talk Nuggets, guys. Uh, three games left in the season. They're pretty firmly planted in that fifth, sixth seed uh I think you're you're probably not moving beyond that. They're uh, two games back of Dallas uh, for the fourth seed, and I think they're two games up on on the. I don't have it right in front of me actually, but I think they're two games up on the uh, the Jazz, the seven. Uh, they're so, so currently they're forty seven and thirty two. Utah is six at forty six and thirty two. Minnesota is seventh at forty five and thirty four. Okay. So we have uh, a pretty solid indication of what uh, what the first round matchup is going to look like for the Nuggets. Okay, so I kind of want to just look at the idea of: Would you rather face a Dallas team that's hot, 
that hasn't necessarily proven it in the playoffs in the past. They have maybe have done a little bit of damage, but never really have gone far in the playoffs. But it's a hot team or a Golden State Warriors team that is a very proven, proven team in the playoffs. What's the better matchup for the Nuggets? Uh, for me, it's the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I feel like the Nuggets have played them really well this year uh, and, and in previous years, too. The Nuggets seem to match up a little bit better against them. The one thing that scares me with the Golden State Warriors is... You know, obviously Steph Curry can get really hot, take over a series. Also, the refs whistle might be a little bit in the favor oh. at times. Uh, hey, I mean, I'm a homer. All right, I'll tell you. But uh, I think I'd rather rather take the Golden State Warriors. Although I'm really not all that afraid to play Dallas either. I think it'd be a good series. Um, but I think you know you'd probably have Aaron Gordon on Luka Doncic uh, for a lot a lot of the game, and I think. I think Luke would have a harder time dominating as, as he does sometimes. Uh, you know, Spencer Dimwitty might might get some good looks. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to take Warriors. That that would be my my answer. Nick, what say you? I think the answer is pretty obvious that it's Golden State simply because of the injuries that Golden State has. Steph Curry has the injured foot. Draymond has the back injury. I was really big on James Wiseman. He's obviously out. He was kind of the guy that I thought would go and propel them. I was wrong about that. Clay is is playing pretty well considering I mean I know he's been in a shooting slump but all things considered the guy's been out of basketball for three years I just think it matches up well I think the thing that uh, concerns me with Dallas they are the slowest paced team in the NBA when you get to the playoffs the game slows down a lot of half court sets the counter to that is that the Nuggets are fairly good in the half court set as well Jokic running the plays ball runs through him and Connor I wanted to give you a shout out I've been out uh, with Various ailments, flu-like symptoms, as they <laughs> say, as, as they <laughs> say in the league. Uh, but Cousins has been nice. I've been really liking been nice. Boogie Cousins. He's been playing really well. I think the team is well-rounded. Unfortunately, I think we've kind of peaked, and, and I hate to say that. I mean, you've got Memphis playing good. I definitely think we can beat Memphis. Dallas is one of the only teams I think that can beat us. Utah, instead of crashing during the playoffs, is pissing down their leg at the end of the regular season. So I like our matchups there. So it's just unfortunate that we don't have a healthy team. This seems to be a year where the Nuggets could be a sleeper team. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I think for the sake of going to the game, I would like to see Golden State and I would like to see Steph Curry even at 60-70% selfishly. But I I wouldn't mind seeing Doncic too, but I I think we match up better with Golden State based on where they're at. I think I think it's Golden State. It, it, we do match up better, and that's a good point about the injuries, Nick. I, you know, I didn't think about that because you think, I mean, of course, Steph Curry's going to come back and play, but uh, you know what? How, how healthy will he actually be during that? So that's a good point. So what's more important, the matchup or the potential idea of getting the Grizzlies in round two instead of? The Suns, because correct me if I'm wrong, but the NBA doesn't reseed. So if you're the sixth seed and go win that series, you would not face the Phoenix Suns in round two. Correct, but that would be uh, a good addition to the NBA if if they did reseed. I wouldn't mind that. I think the Suns are, are by far and away the best team in the league. I, with the exception of the Celtics, I really like how the Celtics have been playing. I went to that T Wolves game last Friday on the first. You're not going to beat anybody not playing defense. I think the Nuggets got outscored quite a bit in the first quarter. Fourth quarter, they got absolutely demolished. That was the best in-game dunk I've ever seen in my life. Aaron Gordon? Yeah, the the lob back, the backward slam. <laughs> yeah, where he catches it like outside. Oh, the it was so nice. Oh, that was so It was great. so cool. I just... Uh, I, I don't see how if the Nuggets can't really play defense when Will Barton is he's he's kind Jared he's kind of reverting back to he's struggling he's limping to the finish line here he had a really really good game last game but uh yeah the last the last few weeks of Will Barton he's been you know 
And I, I've been, been a supporter of, a little bit. I've been a supporter of Will Barton. I'm not sure if it's uh, you know, this is his first time really playing a full season in a couple of years. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's maybe just the the aspect of like the fatigue kind of getting to him. Maybe he doesn't really have his legs under him. I mean, I mean, he's he well, shot the ball great against the Lakers. You, you also do have to think this like is a guy that team in the, yeah. while he wants to be a superstar, he's not a guy that's been counted on to be that over the last few years where this year he is being counted on as a second scorer for this team. Well, along with probably yep. Aaron Gordon, but underrated piece to the nuggets going deep in the playoff. In my opinion, bones got to have some bones. You got to get hot. I got to say something about bones here. Because I've been on record on this show saying how, you know, it's going to be to the dismay of Nuggets fans everywhere, Bones isn't going to play in the playoffs. I have reversed my decision on that. Bones has played himself into that discussion. I don't, I no longer think that you can just start with Bones out of the rotation. I really don't think so. Even if Jamal Murray comes back, I feel like he's going to get an opportunity. And if he takes it, I mean, I could see him cutting. Even if Jamal Murray is back, I could see him cutting into Will Barton minutes. I could see him cutting into Monte Morris minutes at times. He has just played so... He's averaging about 15 points since the All-Star break. Um, he's playing really, really well. I think the well. energy he brings is very contagious within this team. And I, and I think that's where his role and his presence out there... He, he's very well entrenched with this team. And I think he's a uh, almost got a veteran presence even as a rookie. Oh, yeah. I think what I like is that he, you can tell he, he has opportunities to rush the ball and rush into a contested shot or maybe not the best shot, but he has been doing a better job of backing it out, running sets, setting up his teammates. This is a guy that next year is going to be a huge piece to the Nuggets championship hopes, assuming that everyone else comes back healthy. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, to your point, Nick, something he's he's I think he might have been a little underrated on uh, by a lot of people, including Nuggets fans, is his playmaking ability. Uh, he's He's been getting deep into the defense, getting really good penetration, uh, really off the dribble, off the pass. He, I mean, he's so quick. He can get right in on that defense, and, and he's shown, actually, that he's shown to be a very willing passer at times and, and a good passer. So, uh, yeah, love what I see from Bones. Do you guys expect the Nuggets to win this first series in the playoffs? Yes. Is yep. that an expectation you're going in with that you'll be disappointed if they don't come away, even as an inevitable underdog going into the series? So I saw or I read the stat actually on the way here, and I knew a little bit about it. Again, I've been kind of in and out on vacation, but the Nuggets have to – the the worst case scenario, the Nuggets have to win two games, I believe. I believe at, at minimum the Nuggets have to win two games, and I think if another team wins, I want to say it's Minnesota if they win one game – that's going to be a little bit off, but if the Nuggets win one game or less, they're in the play-in. And so to the point about Jokic being an MVP, things like that, I think that Minnesota game kind of tilted. I know he's a heavy favorite at this point. I understand that. But I think based on how this – like Jokic's MVP season is based off of how the season finishes. But more directly to your point, I think it would be a disappointment for an MVP, MVP caliber player like Nikola Jokic to not advance. At, a successful season would be getting into the second round. Yeah, I, I agree. He, I fully expect the the Nuggets to win a playoff series, regardless um, of who they play. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, falling into that playing tournament would certainly be a huge blow to Nikola's chances of of repeating as MVP. Uh, but man, I gotta just take take a second here and just just tell you a little bit more about my man Nikola Jokic. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. All right. Everyone loves some Nicola numbers, right? Who doesn't love we some We love Nicola? Who doesn't love some Nicola Can numbers? Can we do it the rest of the show? How much you got, Connor? <laughs> All right. So this is uh, via Ryan Blackburn, who, who tweeted this out and, and gave, gave us this great stat. 
Nikola Jokic right now, with three games to go, is 72 points and 14 rebounds away from putting up the very first 2,000 point, 1,000 rebound, 500 assist season in NBA history. Whoa. I, I mean, quite literally, and that's a very realistic that he will reach. I mean, he's on the doorstep of reaching these numbers, and no one's ever done that before in the NBA in, in NBA history. No one's had all those numbers. Uh, speaks to how, how, how great this man is. The last five games, let me just read you Nikola Jokic's stat line with counting stats over the last five games. 38 points, 18 rebounds, 6 assists. 38 points, 19 rebounds, 8 assists. 37 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. 26 points, 19 rebounds, 11 assists. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. The man is averaging like 35 points a game, you know, 32, 33 points a game over the last five uh, with like 16 rebounds, man, and 8 assists. It's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. The guy is on fire right now. Uh, I definitely do not expect uh, Nikola Jokic to, to lose in this first round. Yeah, I think the, I think the issue we're going to run into just thinking about how he's playing and the fact that he's still extremely young, all those things. Jokic is going to be playing like this for the next three to four years. So at what point do you get voter fatigue where if you don't get him back-to-back MVP, next year he's probably going to have stats that are equally as impressive. So at what point are we just... It's going to be really hard to continue to give this guy the MVP every year considering you can't expect him to get worse. I mean, barring injury. I think the one thing that can really put him back into that conversation next year is if the Nuggets, a fully healthy Nuggets team, is dominating similar to what you're seeing from the Suns this year where they're way ahead of everyone then maybe everyone's looking at like, wow, this guy. And again, it probably still doesn't happen, but I think that's the only way he's in consideration even next year is if the team itself makes that big jump. Yeah, honestly, I, I, you see it all the time. It's a very real thing. There's there's definite precedent set all the way back, you know, go back 40 years even. There's definite precedent to where voters get that voter, so-called voter fatigue, and they don't vote for him. I absolutely agree with Nick that that this i mean this is truly his, his best chance to get another mvp for the next foreseeable future i actually think jared to take it a step farther the only way that he gets back on that mvp radar uh, cuz i think if he wins it this year you can pretty much count him out for next year. He's not going to get back to back to back, even if the Nuggets were to take the I don't know that that's ever happened. I'd have to look back yeah, at to, it, but I, I looked sure, at it previously. Has there ever been a back to back to back MVP? I don't know that there Shocking. has. I, that, that's interesting. But I think what would have to actually happen, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but what would have to happen to get him on the radar for the following year? The Nuggets would have to make it to the NBA Finals or win an NBA Finals. And then I think he'd be right back in play for the following year, right? Because kind of what happens to what you see happen with these voters. If they give someone like a back-to-back MVP, right, or even just an MVP, and the guy goes out and doesn't perform like like how an MVP could in the playoffs, meaning like, you know, you're not going to have team success going far in the playoffs, then it's kind of in their minds next year, like, well, we gave him the MVP, and they didn't go to the championship. You know what I mean? So I think you kind of saw this with Giannis. Actually, just happened. You get voter fatigue. They're not going to give him three MVPs in a row. So he's kind of off the table. But then he goes and wins a championship. And so he's right back on, and you know, finals MVP. So I don't know. I, I think that's what you, it would take. But regardless, man, we have to get there first. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Yeah. There's been three, three Pete oh. MVPs. Ooh. Can, I Can you name them? Can I guess? Go ahead, Jared. I, go, go first, Jared. Yeah. Uh, sh- I'm gonna go with Wilt. It's got to be one of them. Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, give me three. Oh, you got to give me all three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, LeBron. Okay. And Jordan. Okay. I'm gonna go. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then I'm gonna go. 
Will Chamberlain. And then I'm going to go, man, it's probably someone like Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Ooh. Will Chamberlain. Larry Legend. Oh, Larry. Larry. I got two out of three. You did. All right. All right. Hey, you know, I don't win often, but when I do. (laughs) Yeah. You guys realize what we just did there, right? Like we just had a whole conversation with the assumption that Jokic is winning. I don't don't know how you can. I think we might have just put the card. I don't know how a guy like Jokic, whose game is so rounded into non-athletic play, how you cannot expect him to continue to, at the very minimum, have the same production as the the year before. It's not like he's 32, 33 years old. Well, you know and I, mean? I do think you may see his numbers dip a hair next year once you have a fully healthy team. Sure. Not a lot, but a little bit. I mean, there's just less shots week. that he's taking. We, we talked about last week. I, I would I think it would be reasonable to expect a slight drop in scoring, but I do think you could also ex- you could see the assist an, increase, numbers. an increase in, in efficiency, yes. which is already top <laughs> but but in, and i think you might you might see like a, an assist 1.5 maybe one 1.5 assists more uh per game would be reasonable and maybe a couple points down uh anyways to next point i mean the man is what 27 he's gonna be 28 this following year i believe and so we can fold i mean you know hey health willing right always keep the fingers crossed like don't take anything for granted do not take this man for granted while we're watching it okay I, I, i'm not gonna do that but makes me hate stan Kroenke and that the cable deal that they're that yeah, he's taking yeah, so brutal kidding. i I do think we can. Ex- I, I do think it's reasonable to expect this type of production and efficiency from Nikola for another, you know, four years or so, uh, and then and then he could have an extended career if he chooses to, and still be very, very productive. I think kind of an NBA player's peak is around age twenty-seven, so he's right here at his peak. Couldn't right? you guys but see him going down like the Pau Gasol route as an older player, where he's just like he keeps hanging around? Or just Tim, like Duncan. Solid, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, went Duncan yeah, 40. that solid, reliable center may not be a top ten guy at that point, but he is that solid everyday guy. And he's like, I guess, like he is athletic, but he's so unathletic. I feel like that's going to be the opposite of the pitfall that you have with guys like a Russell Westbrook, you know, things like that. It's where true. So, Sometimes speaking of Russell Westbrook, yeah, uh, have you guys been on the Lakers watch? I'm watching that almost more than I am watching the Nuggets <laughs> and where they end up seeding. I just am so hoping right now the Lakers are sitting in 11. So they are two games back right now. Glass half full. If the Lakers lose and we play the Spurs tonight and the Spurs beat the Nuggets, ooh, they're ooh. done. Lakers are out. And honestly, you guys just talked me into wanting the sixth seed. So I think I think we should just. Let's team up. Let's just do yeah. But who's it. to say Let's that? Go- who's to say that Dallas won't leapfrog? I, I mean, again, I know we're getting down to the no, nitty but gritty, that's but- fine because I feel like you want to be in that six seed because you you can't control what's going to happen in front of you. What you can control is is that the Phoenix Suns are the number uh, one seed. No, so here's the thing, Jared. I. I- Ah, let's not go there because here's the thing, right? N- this Nuggets, is what fans Nuggets, can do, though. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Nuggets have three games left, okay? Nuggets have the Utah Jazz at home, the Grizzlies at home, and the Lakers at home. You don't want right? to lose those games. Um, You need to win two of these three games to make sure you're not in that play-in. Oh, absolutely. Okay? And, and here's the thing is, Memphis... It scares me a little. I, I, you know, that's a toss-up, even at home. Like that's a, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a couple point spread game. Probably Nuggets minus two and a half, something like that. Uh, that that game scares me a little bit. The Lakers game at the end of the season. Now the Lakers Don't are not say that good. Scares you. They're not good, and the Nuggets should handle them. But here's the thing: LeBron may need that game to to get the scoring title. 
And if that happens, then hey, all bets are off, man. On any single game, LeBron James can beat you. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you make valid points. So I don't know. I'm not real. I will not even put into the universe. But that we, silver, a, lining, mm-hmm. silver lining, mm-hmm. okay. you, Jared, silver lining. Jared, I got you, Jared. I got you. I know. I know huge, what you're about. I I'm all for the game. strategy, you, man. You got to set that up. That's what it's all about. Hey, on, on a on a better note here with the Nuggets before we get off the Nuggets. Uh, Little, it's not really news, I guess per se. But hey, when when we're sitting here waiting for the Jamal Murray or MPJ news, we're grasping at everything, right? Every straw in front of me, I will grasp. So you guys see that uh, Jamal Murray has been pretty intensely amping up his activity before games. Have you seen yeah. this? Have you seen yep. this? Heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, or Wojnarowski, I always say that. He's called Woj. 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 He reported it, but it's also just something I've seen with my own eyes from some of our great Denver reporters who are tweeting out his workouts before games. And he is going out there with the full training staff, hanging on him, giving him little shoves, kind of some very controlled contact. But he's clearly ramping it up and going fast. Uh, and, you know, Mike, Michael Malone is not ruled out. In fact, he's kind of been very specific. He might play next game. He might not. He said that on. He said you that uh, for the T Wolves game. Uh, a little birdie, aka my my manager, was absolutely convinced that even though even though Murray was out, listed out, he, he was like, "Oh, he's playing." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a trick. It's a joke. <laughs> hey, man. If I uh, and this is based off of no, I mean no inside knowledge whatsoever. This is a complete guess on my part, right? So I'm just going to preface it by saying that. I predict he'll be back next game against the Grizzlies. Oh wow! Uh, I I definitely oh, wow. I will put it at I will put it Whoa. at sixty seventy percent that he comes back before the playoffs. That's a bold take, Cotton. Whoa! I know. Hey, there we go. I would love that. I'm saying that I I'm I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that. it. I'm, I'm I'm I got that feeling, man. Yeah. I got that feeling watching him work out. I really think they're trying to get him back for a couple games. Before should we the go playoffs. to Blackhawk like immediately after the show? <laughs> <laughs> that no. a little place in blackjack? No, no we should. No, we're not, not feeling that. it that much. We're no. just okay. 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 okay I'm actually going to buy no, into this. Connor. That. I'm going to buy into blackjack. this a little bit because okay. Okay. there is like a, a four or five day window, right, for the the playing tournament after the regular season ends. There's a few days the Nuggets would have off. That's typically how you want to bring somebody back, right? Let him then see how his body yeah, responds. See how it responds. I'm there with you. Yeah, I I know, and if it does respond well, then you just shut him down. You know. Yeah. And I will just reiterate the point again, Jared, that I so vehemently disagree with you on. We just mentioned that, yes, hey, God willing, we will have Nikola Jokic for the next nine years playing at a reasonably high, like a decent level, right? But four years, we just said, I mean, you, it's unreasonable to expect that Nikola Jokic is going to be playing at this peak level for more than like three, four years. Don't do this. You can't afford to waste a, even one year. You can't just look forward to next season. If he can play and the doctors say, hey, it's not going to make it worse. You're not like risking a re-injury. You got to put him out there. I don't care. Ten minutes of Jamal Murray is better than no minutes of Jamal Murray. You it's better than nine wait. minutes of Compazzo. Yeah. Yes. If yeah. I'm if I'm a coach or GM, don't want to see him out uh, there. It scares oh, me. Boo, As boo. a fan, of course boo. I'm stoked to see him out there. Like that's what I'm going to be like. Yes, because all of a sudden you see them on the court. You see MPJ out there. You see Murray out there. Man, this is a different. Like you talked about earlier, Nick. This this playoffs is setting up for a sleeper to just come out of nowhere and take this. And you get this team healthy. Whoo! It's dangerous. Of course, I want to see it, but you want to say no? I just it, don't baby. want. I just don't want to say I told you so. That's my fear. Jerry. I live in fear my every oh, day of tough. my life. Jerry, yeah, you know, you hate to see that. You, yeah. hate, you know, living mm-hmm. in fear is never a great way to live. Neither mm-hmm. is drinking non-potable water. <laughs> Either of the above is not a great thing. Um, you know, I, I, let, let's just see. Let's see what happens. I, I'm stoked for it, right? It's, it's, 
Playoff basketball right around the oh, corner, baby. And, uh, you know, this is, this okay. is shaping up. Really so. important question for me, though. What channel do we expect the playoff games TNT. to be aired? Damn it. Yeah. No, no, I have one last question. I, you were I, I have that. a question on the Nuggets. I was curious. I was just thinking about this. Uh, so Davon Reed has kind of gone back into the rotation a little yeah. bit. I know there's been some injuries, and uh, Jermichael Gr- uh, J- uh, Jeff Green rather was on personal leave. Um, Jermichael Green uh, has an injury with his hand, I believe. He, yep. He's probably still okay. But either way, Davon Reed's kind of come in, and he's played really well these last few games uh, to the point to where – now, the NBA reverted back to how it was pre-COVID. So last year, you guys, I'm sure, will remember Marcus Howard and, um, uh, man, I don't know. Who was our other? Uh, it, it doesn't matter. They had two-way players were allowed to play in the playoffs. Yeah, the co- yeah, yeah, year, yeah, right? yeah. So this year, they are once again back to how it used to be where two-way players on two-way contracts are not allowed to play in the playoffs unless you sign them to a roster space. So my question is, does Davon Reed get a roster spot and... Whose roster spot would that be? Who would get cut from the Nuggets at this point if you want Davon Reed to play in the playoffs? I got my answer, but I'm curious what you would say, Nick. Do you, unless you want to give me my answer. You, 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 go, you go first, and I'll, I'll part. You know, I, I got to be honest. Right. That's an interesting take because he, he's played pretty well, but there's a reason that you pick these guys up on an as-needed basis. And so my opinion is you've got your team. You've got your guys that you want to play. You want to start. It, it, it's tough to see him taking a roster spot. How about that would be my answer. Yeah, so I maybe maybe any conspiracy music for this. He didn't ready. like that answer. All right, I see Davon Reed getting signed before the playoffs, and Faku Composo getting cut. That's not conspiracy music. We're gonna do this. <laughs> Hang on. It's stuck. It's that plays right into what you guys were saying. <laughs> really, we got it. it. It plays right into what you were saying about Bones and the, the role that he's taken on in this roster as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, especially if you have any minutes from Murray coming into the playoffs, then you say, hey, but but even without that, okay, let's just not even assume Murray is in the in the in the role. You have your point guard, you have your backup point guard, and you even have a third type of guy who could dribble the ball as a point guard if you need to in Will Barton. Will Barton can play the point guard position. And and really, at the end of the day, you have a point center. Yeah, right. Nikola Jokic is essentially a point guard. So, uh, you know, Faku has not played. And I know that is going to make a lot of Argentinians. Is that how you say Argentinians? Argen- is that a word? Argentinians. Okay, there you go. So <laughs> throw, a, uh, throw a little flair in San Diego. Exactly. I'll just put it. This is going to make a lot of people very upset if this happens. But uh, but at the same time, look, man, you know I'm a Faku fan, but but he hasn't performed. He found his way out of the rotation, and he earned him. He earned that time out of the rotation. I mean, that was not like I'm disagreeing with Michael Malone's decision. He, he worked really, yeah, really he, hard. He was not. He was not performing, and so he found himself out. He has not really been a part in you know over a month now of, of the Nuggets rotation. Uh, I could see it happening. That's all I'm saying. Count- I think Davon Reed, his defensive presence and his, you know, he's been shooting the ball pretty well from yep. three. I think Michael Malone might like to have that guy as an option when you need another wing player to stop somebody, to stop somebody on D and get a stop. I think he might want it. My counter to that would be that uh, Malone loves Composo, does anything he can to get him into the roster. I'll bet bet not in last month. I want to say it's been longer than that. But anyways, Composo is the guy. Nuggets are down eight. Nuggets are down 10. Everybody's off. He's a guy that you throw in there for a spark. Not saying that that's the actual answer. That's not necessarily the most intelligent take, but that could be a reason that you Mm -hmm. would keep him. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that, that is my that is my prediction. Just, and my my other prediction is we will see Murray before the end of the season. I, I wanted to come I, today with two solid uh, yeah, predictions bold. for you. You can put me on record. 
All right. Oh, you are on record. I this know. is being aired. <laughs> yes. It's going uh, to be broadcast out. Good. Excellent. I love it. All I right. Before it. though, before we move off of the Nuggets, I gotta I gotta know, Nick. What is your feelings about George Carl? You missed this conversation last week. We talked about yep. George Carl a little Nick bit. Doesn't have feelings. How do you? How did you feel about it's George true. Carl as a coach of the Nuggets? I think George Carl was exactly who we got when he was with Seattle. I think this was a coach that was. It's unfortunate because the Nuggets played so incredibly well Western Conference Finals. I don't blame George Carl for the absolute collapse that we had in games three, four, and five. I want to say it was two thousand seven that we had the meltdown. Anthony Carter, both of the pass-ins. I don't... Kenyon Martin passed the ball, and that's who it was. Anthony Carter. Anthony Carter. And well, Anthony Carter blew two games, yeah, and then they had yeah. Kenyon Martin pass the ball in yep. and absolutely destroyed the Nuggets' psyche. Now, so anyways, to... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just one interjection, Jared. You didn't You didn't really say his name properly. Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> well, I was getting there. I was okay. getting there. Sorry, now continue. I was getting there. Continue. It was an awesome time to be a Nuggets fan. I loved what he did. I liked the way he coached. Going to those games, I went to a ton of games during that time when we had... George Carl, it was awesome. Ty Lawson at his Ty at Lawson. his absolute peak. So it, it it's hard for me to have an opinion because that was peak Mello too. In my opinion, Mello was never Mello had I think two good seasons in New York. I think they made the playoffs both years that he was there. But they New York traded up the farm to give up Mello. We actually got better, not necessarily without Mello, but the Nuggets at the very least were the same. It's tough for me to give my opinion because that team definitely felt like they underachieved. Okay, good take. I like that. But would you say I, I, I commented last week that I kind of brought up the comparison that is Michael Malone on a path that he could become the next George Carl. And these guys took that as like a huge insult. Okay. Then said coach George Carl gets inducted into the Hall of Fame oh, this week. Mm-mm. And now you're telling me this is an insult? Real quick. Okay, you go. Real quick. My counter, my immediate question is. What did you mean by it, Jared? Yeah, yeah. See, that that is exactly where I'm getting at. What you meant by it was, is he on his way to getting fired for underachieving? That was what you meant by it. So, Regardless what, so, so, of what I feel so, so about what, what Carl, did you what did you mean? What you're really you're asking right. that is was that. actually the intent. That's, <laughs> that's what you're really asking. <laughs> that's why I say boo. Bad is, take. Is, is, here, here's no. Here's my uh, with George Carl. My feelings on George uh, Carl. Right, go ahead. That, we're ready. Hang on a sec. Everyone was so ready to get rid of George Carl. <laughs> No, Actually, this isn't even conspiracy. No, no. I just, I just, I'm so ready to press the button when you, when you. <laughs> Everyone was so quick to get rid of George Carl. They wanted him out so bad. And then look at how bad the Nuggets were for so many years because of bad coaching and bad moves that they were making. And I just think that George Carl wasn't appreciated for how good he was for the Nuggets. And I think he was a good coach. Did those teams underachieve? Did I feel like they had chances? Yes. But I think that's what the NBA does over and over and over again is it kicks the teams like that to the curb. There is only a couple of times in the history of the NBA that that team has gone to win a championship. So I think George Carl should be appreciated for how good of a coach he was. And to compare Michael Malone to him is not an insult. I absolutely hope, and and I don't know if I would say expect, but I hope Michael Malone passes that. But if he falls at the George Carl level... I think that's a. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach, then, right? So I think yeah, it's now, a good now coach. Now you're twisting your opinion I, here. I, no, I, I think so you're George Carl bait and switch. Is on a me. good I don't coach. It. Yes, those teams <laughs> probably underachieved under him. We Tyler brought up some good points last week with some of the analytics in the uh, you expected know, wins, expected wins, yeah. and things like that. But to be, George to be Carl's fair, a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, and it's kind of ironic that he should get inducted the week after we so, talked. So, about so to be fair, they ran in. 
to the Kobe Bryant buzzsaw also that year. I mean, we want to jump on BS, that. BS, okay, man. We had that series yeah, but in you know the bag. I don't want to hear that. Hey, here's the thing is that game, that, uh, Anthony that series, Carter pass. There was two games and then we go, okay, go but on, the Anthony go Carter pass. That it still hurts. It's, it I, don't, I don't know what's worse. It does. So, it's like so, the Raheem Moore. It, I was going to say it, it, they're, they're the same <laughs> for me. The, the Raheem Moore pass and that, and that series. I mean, okay. Go were you guys live really, for any of those events? Uh, yeah, I was, well, I wasn't at any of the games. Okay. I think Connor was at, I don't want to speak for you. I was at the Raheem Moore one. I hear it's the cold. I hear it was the coldest game. It was it was perfectly fine until there was a minute left in the game and they were losing. I've had like four or five friends. I've had four or five friends say that was the coldest game. But that's what I mean. When you're winning, when when the game's going well, you don't care. As soon as you're losing in this route, you realize that this isn't going to go well. You're freezing. So so gone. You were about to say something, Connor, about uh, yeah. So I think uh, the Anthony Carter and and the George and the George Carl comparison. Yeah. So so I think that that game. I think that was game four. Correct. It I believe was, that was game four. I want to say you could be. There was three games where it was the exact same situation. We were on our. Ba- I was we actually are, thinking it was five six. No, because it only we only went, went to six. six. So yeah, it was four five. I, I want to say it was. I want to say it was maybe three four five because I think six was not close. If I recall correctly. Yeah, you actually could be very well because the second game we had, we played those guys so good. You're about to say something, Connor. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, continue. So I think I think to your point, Jared. I could see that when we look at George Carl, he 680 games coached 62, 62.2 winning percentage. They all, they just, it was a constant choke job. I think the other thing that did George Carl in, we played the golden state warriors with a young, I think we were the three seed golden state was the six seed. And that was kind of the coming out party for yeah. golden state. I think what I struggled with is we'd play so good, much like the abs, right? We crushed all season, high hopes, high scoring team, electric playoff start, the ball slows down, the possessions slow down, you need a bucket, and it's tough to get a bucket. And if you recall, Melo went at Kobe the entire series. I mean, there you can still look up where they're going at it, but I think it's a thing where anywhere that George Carl went, that was the kind of team that he had. And over and over overproducing that's not the right word, but a team that overachieved, excuse me, that's the word, overachieved throughout the course of the regular season. And then when it came time to win it just he he couldn't he didn't seem to be very much of a, a situational coach for the moment. Okay. Uh, now I just want to I want I looked it up uh, the the Trevor Ariza pass that everyone points to the Anthony Carter. So I was wrong when I was just talking about this. That was game one of of the Lakers game. The the one that Trevor Ariza intercepted that that I mean that's the one that sticks in everyone's mind, right? There the was two. Were there were two, but yes. So there were two in that series. Okay. But but the one that sticks in everyone's mind is the Anthony Carter pass, and he was so he was. And the Nuggets were winning. The Nuggets were winning in the entire game. Had the game closed out, and they ended up losing one hundred five to one hundred three. And and so then the the Nuggets win game two, Lakers win game three, Nuggets win game four, Lakers win game five and game six. And so it was a four to two. And so had that been different. I'm still not sure if 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 the Nuggets win that series. I mean, I don't know. When, upon reflection, looking back at it, I'm really not sure if the Nuggets win that series. Even if they win, no game way. One. They definitely do, and and that's total Homer opinion, fanboy. Definitely played out of our mind. And again, it was so bad because if you recall, Anthony Carter would be the equivalent of the Will Barton now. You have guys that really like how he plays. George Carl loved Anthony Carter. Gave that guy way more minutes than he deserved from the perspective of a guy that isn't in the NBA, whatever. It just always felt like he was always playing big minutes and making the rather than rather than shooting a turnaround jumper with 20 seconds on the clock, a la Will Barton, he's sitting there making a a pass that is a very poor highlight play pass to your point. So anyways, I think that was the frustration. Is it just kind of boiled over with AC? 
All right. Well, we got Nick's take on, on George. You know, it's good. Did you did you listen to our talk last week? About I George? listened to some. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, that, that means he didn't listen to. But it. I, I, I just felt <laughs> I was so poisoned. I don't think I've I've never had food poisoning before. I always thought people made it up. It's not made up. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely true. But let's not pretend uh, this is food poisoning. This is drinking the non-potable water at a golf course. It's it it could be either. It, it's, it was same, same, different. It was either the brat <laughs> that sat all all winter in water that I ate, and I had two of them. I should have said I had two brats from the same location, or it might have been the two canteens of non-potable water that I drank. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that one. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. Time to move on. But before we do, I want to talk about our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Now, everyone listening, don't fast forward here. You're going to miss out on your free $100. All you have to do when you sign up, give your promo code RED, that's R-E-D, and they will match a $100 deposit. Uh, Thrive Fantasy is daily fantasy sports. If you guys are familiar with DraftKings, FanDuel, same concept. You build a team. Only this uses player props, and it's a little bit of a different take on it. It's a lot of fun. You can also do uh, parlays for player props, which you don't really see out there anywhere. So it's a little bit of a different, unique way to bet. I think it's something that everyone out there who's familiar with daily fantasy sports needs to try. Make sure you use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D. You can download the Thrive Fantasy app or find them online at thrivefantasy.com. Gentlemen, we are sitting here. It is Tuesday, April 5th, our first April show. Love it. Yeah, it's spring. We've I made it. it. We've made it. And it, the weather was okay. It was kind of windy today. but Kind of windy? That In my house, it's about 50 miles an little, hour. We got a little while. My trash cans didn't blow over this. Tra- was trash was today, so my trash was everywhere. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Actually, for the trash guy, not really my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we are, what, two days, three days away from opening day for baseball, and uh, I haven't lost my fever. I'm feeling it, man. I'm excited. Can I watch the Rockies anywhere in Colorado? Is that a problem, too? No, no, you're good. Okay. Yeah, that's that's cool. how different. Cool. <laughs> it's not altitude, so Woo. we're good. All right. So we'll at least get to watch a little Rockies. Question is, are you going to watch Rockies? <laughs> at least the first series. Yeah, there you go. You know. All right. Although they had to start with the Dodgers, right? And they I end, like that. I see they end with like six or seven games against the Dodgers on the road. They, I think it's seven games in a row in Dodger Stadium to end the season. A lot of fun. I yeah, saw an ESPN article that had the uh, Rockies listed. I wish I knew the person's name, but the Rockies listed as a wild card. Oh, I don't know. I'm like, wow. Was it Connor Holzkam? <laughs> was it a tweet? Uh, it was click, and I clicked on it. You know, it worked. Yep. They, yeah, at least I think we know our fifth starter now. Good. Chad, and Chad Cool. Chad Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Cool's brother. I'm just kidding. That's a, that's that's, a terrible that's, joke. That's terrible. Uh-huh. It wasn't horror. It wasn't your worst joke. Yeah, it was Well, I guess that's say, that would be saying something. Yeah, true. Uh-huh. Did you see who's going to be the opening day starter? I believe I saw that today. Yeah, Kyle Freeland. Are you surprised at that? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Any is there any insight behind that? Is that kind of something that's been discussed? I mean, I think the obvious answer would be Herman Marquez, right? You would think, but uh, the Rockies don't do what we would think all the time. So you know, <laughs> I, I really, I honestly don't know. I mean, do you know if there is any context or reasoning as behind why? I mean, Kyle Freeland has a really good uh, uh, home ERA. He's done. He's done a lot better at home. Uh, oddly, you know, I mean, he he was he grew up here, pitched here his whole life, so. 
Uh, yeah, no, it, it was a bit of a surprise for me, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. They're all going to get a bunch of starts. And, <laughs> I guess uh, it's true. It really, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to it. All right, we're going to do a little trivia here, and I know Connor knows his Rockies, okay? And no no offense, Soaps, but I'm questioning where your trivia knowledge is going to be on 50, the Rockies. 50-50, so fair. I tried my best to come up with things that I didn't think Connor would just know and you wouldn't, okay? So I, I tried to even the, the, the scales out here. So these are all Rockies-related, trivia related to their opening day games okay Ooh. and so i may i'll preface on a couple of questions to make sure you guys understand the question as i'm asking okay so now is this alternating or is it whoever so here's what we're gonna do is each of you is gonna get a chance to answer each question and we'll alternate who goes first okay and then you can obviously answer the same as the other guy you would each get a point if you got it right okay so we'll start with soaps okay you get to go first nervous on the first one okay i'm nervous right now the Rockies have played 29. They've had 29 seasons, so 29 opening day games. Okay, is their record over or under 500? Over. 29. 29 games over under 500. Let's go uh, under. They are over. They are 16 Obviously. and 13 <laughs> all time. That's so obvious. Okay, so that puts them at a winning percentage of 552 in opening day games. Where does that rank in percentage amongst all 30 MLB teams? Go ahead, Connor. Connor. Uh, top 30%. 30%. So you're saying they're the the worst? No, no, no. Their There's- winning percent is 55 Percent, oh, 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 winning percentage. Oh, oh. Where does that rank on opening day? Oh, right, out of out, out of, of out all of the 32 teams. Uh, okay, let's one, go one uh, to 32. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, and we'll go whoever's closest. You don't have to be over under whoever's closest. You're giving them double advantage here. Okay, uh, let's go with uh, tenth. I'm gonna guess fifth. It's fifth. He is let's spot on. Go. Nick is using go. his computer over there. I watch it. I, 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 I watch it. That's him. all okay, allegations. I'm, I'm not going to lie, guys. This was really hard information to find, so I will how, challenge how him could if I he's have found it up. Okay? How could I have found okay. it? You Maybe did. I just don't understand. You did. Internet. I know you well enough. It's I'm just it's it. just being a sports fan, Connor. Mm-hmm. Things you'll never yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, taking the early lead. Is that two? That uh, counts for two points. We have seven altogether and then a double pointer at the end. So, okay. So, we have seven altogether. Uh, next one up here. Uh, what is the longest winning streak for the Rockies on opening day games? And before you guys answer. Look at him. Look at him. He's typing it. What I mean. That's not true. What I mean <laughs> is how many years in a row. What's the longest years in a row the Rockies have won their opening day game and it starts with you Nick uh, okay um, I'm gonna guess three I'm gonna go with four okay now I am thinking he's starting to look at it what do you mean it was three. Oh, let's hey, he is. go I'm, 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 I'm sitting there I'm telling let's you Jared. I'm go. not speculating I know this, this. is all I'm allegations for the listeners yeah. out there hands up hands I need up. to see hands up okay? I'm working right now I'm behind yeah, do you the see? booth do you see I'm telling you he's doing it this, he's guy. Doing it. this guy just, just totally undermining to win. undermining you know, everything that's alright that's alright I'll throw yeah. you a bone Hands up, Nick. I'm working. <laughs> oh, my this God. This isn't fun for me. I have to work right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't enjoy being here. And that, by the way, happened twice. Uh, three years in a row, they've won their opening day game. Is their longest losing streak for opening day games longer or shorter, Connor? Uh, it is longer. Obviously shorter. It is shorter. Oh, God. No, only God. two yeah. years. Uh, so, Nick, obviously. up 4 nothing. Cheater or not, I'm liking That's, it. It's I'm fun. liking how this it is works. going right now. This is I'm way working. more fun. I'm working. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> 
It's a full-time job, Connor. All right, Nick. What is the most runs the Rockies have ever scored in an opening day game? 11. 14. Connor's closer. It was 13 runs. Where are you on your computer? Uh, <laughs> I don't have a computer, so, you know. Nice guess. Nice guess. Okay, who, who's the first one up here? Uh, me, uh, Connor. Connor now. Okay. Who is their opening day starter last year? Who? That would be... John Gray. Kyle Freeland. You guys both suck. It was Herman Marquez. Uh, that was like the one uh, I thought that was the gimme of all of them. Uh, but see, I, think, I thought you were getting me. Like, I know. Gotcha. That's why I thought I would maybe try to uh-huh. trick you. It worked. Uh, okay. That was reverse psychology all right. right there. Last question. And Connor, you actually can still tie it. It's actually a total of three points on this question. Ooh, okay. okay? Fine, fine. So there's a, an initial question and then a two-point question afterwards. Okay. There are eight Rockies starting pitchers that have started in more than one opening day game. Has any pitcher ever won more than one opening day game for the Rockies? I think we're on Nick to start here. Yes. I would say yes. Okay. Both are right with yes. Okay. For two points, can you name, there's one pitcher that has done that. Can you name that pitcher? I can. Go ahead. Jeff Francis. He guessed first, so I'll give it to him. It's fine. He's wrong. Do you want to guess again? Oh, well, I know, you it, were very I know com- it is. And- <laughs> Just kidding. I, don't I have no idea. If you have Go no ahead. idea, okay, I'll give a hint. He has two first names. Oh, what? Two first names, huh? Wow. Nick? 90s. From the 90s? Daryl Kyle. Daryl Kyle! Let's go! Way to go, Nick! Let's go! I refuse refuse to do any trivia with Nick. (laughs) I'm going to have to to go sit in the the guest chair. Come check my computer. (laughs) As he's closing. (laughs) He's that guy that just got caught watching porn. (laughs) He's closing out, man. That is what he looks like. Allegations. Yeah, okay. Allegations. Okay. Sad to see you like this. So salty. Yeah, you know. I mean, Connor, even cheating, though, I mean... Jeff Francis, uh, Connor, that was obvious. He actually is not even one of them that started to. He hasn't started to? No, I, and I don't have the list in front of me, but I don't believe he hey, was he one does have two first names, though. My other Jeff one was Francis. Aaron Cook. I was guessing Aaron, Aaron Cook. Aaron Cook is one that started to. But yeah, no, it was early on. It was 96 and 97. Yeah, and then it's, Pretty pathetic it, yeah. to see mm-hmm. this display from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, okay. All right. So All right, Nick. That's as much Rockies as I think our <laughs> listeners can handle. Uh, we also haven't talked any Broncos in a couple of weeks now. There's really not been a lot going on, and that's actually the discussion I want to have. They, in the last, what, three weeks now, I think the only significant signing they've made was bringing back Billy Turner, who used to be with the Broncos at one point. Uh, I think he played guard for the Broncos. He's been playing tackle for the Packers for the last year or two. They bring him back and is kind of assumably the starter. Are we expecting him to walk in and be a starter? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to – he'll definitely compete for the the starting role with who? Calvin Anderson and uh, – I couldn't I, name another tackle I, I, on the I, roster. <laughs> I, think, I think he could. You know, I actually – I mean, so, hey, uh, me – like probably most of our listeners out there, right? Find it difficult to just evaluate offensive linemen, right? I mean, I I, I never played offensive linemen. I, do, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin if I was sitting there watching film. So, so I defer my opinion on offensive line, uh, you know, type of uh, evaluations to, to other people that I, that I think do have a better grasp of it. 
one person I actually saw put out on it. I think he put it out on Twitter or something. Uh, Mark Schlereth. So, you know, hate him, love him, whatever. Obviously, uh, 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 anal- uh, commentator for for the NFL. Uh, what is he? Fox? Is that is that what it is? I think he's on Fox now. Yeah. Um, anyways, so he comes out and obviously uh, Broncos legend, offensive lineman. I think he knows what he's talking about with offensive line. So I'm going to trust his opinion and, and his decision on it. So he had put out, "Hey guys, this is not." the Billy Turner that was here at the Broncos. Okay. When he played here, I was not impressed. He goes to the Packers and I called some of these games and I'm watching him play and his decision-making took leaps forward. Uh, his fundamentals took leaps forward and he's not going to be a guy. What, what, what he is now is not a guy that's going to burn you with mental mistakes, right? He's going to have the fundamentally sound footwork, hand positioning and the acumen to play a pretty solid tackle for the Broncos. And he was pretty excited about it. So like I said, I'm not. I'm going to stick out of evaluating offensive linemen, but I'll, I will say that I saw a, a pretty good opinion from a former offensive lineman say that he was pretty excited about it. So I don't know. I like it. I, I don't hate it, right? I think I'm a little almost like kind of eh on it. I mean, it's a solid signing, but I, I think with this Russell Wilson move, I would have really loved to see them make a big move. Now, I don't know that that's out there in free agency. Um, you know, maybe that's trying to make a trade. You've obviously lost a lot of draft capital already, but it's just kind of a sign. It's like, okay, I'm good with it if that's who your starter is, but I would have really loved to see them go get that guy to solidify that line and really put you in that picture where, I mean, is all the moves that the, the Broncos made, I mean, they, they're still not a top three or four team in, in Vegas odds to even win the Super Bowl. So, I mean... As many moves as you can make to bring elite players, I'd love to see it. I don't think Billy Turner is an elite player, but I think he's a solid starter. I mean, I think it's definitely time to draft a tackle, no doubt about it. I don't think the Broncos have drafted a tackle since Garrett Bowles. Yeah, several years. I know that. Um, But Garrett Bowles is turning 30 uh, here in the next month. He was drafted when he was 29. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, I think it was 25 or 26 when they drafted him. Uh, Maybe, yeah. I think think it was even older than 25. Might have been 26. Uh, who knows? Yeah, he was uh, he was older. Obviously, went on his mission work. Uh, you know BYU and um, anyways. Regardless, Garrett Bowles is thirty, and and I'm not saying you know hey Garrett Bowles is done here, get rid of him. But you know what? It, I mean, I think he has what like one more year after this on his on his contract. Uh, so yeah, I mean the time is now to well, draft and, another. And not only that, tackle, but you so. certainly don't have a right tackle of the future on this roster either. No, so no. you really should was, be over the next three or four we were, years hey, be drafting a guy. Every we were year. both wrong. He was twenty four, but still old by okay. NFL standards. Yeah, for sure. Interesting yeah. because wasn't Joe Burrow twenty four as well? Uh, he's up there. He's twenty. 23 maybe so it's just it's, what, it's what, interesting what month is the nfl draft normally april it, april yeah. so that means he was about to turn 25 because his birthday's in may okay happy birthday <laughs> yeah uh so yeah i think it's time to draft a tackle so we'll see what happens now has melvin gordon signed with anyone not yet? that That's i have seen about. no not that i have seen and i would not be surprised if he ends up back with the broncos on a small one-year deal something that maybe has a lot of incentive base to it if he ends up being the guy. And frankly, I would not be shocked if he ends up being a 50-50 guy with Javante Williams, even as successful as he was. It is a good one-two punch, honestly. Yeah, I think for draft purposes, I think the Broncos are talking cornerback or tackle, and those are obviously two of the bigger holes that they have in regards to 
their team. And so it'll be nice to see how the roster shakes out, see if they've got a couple guys that they like. It certainly seems like it's deep in regards to at the very minimum tackle or any sort of line position. Yeah, and we're about three weeks out from the draft. That's something we'll certainly kind of dive into some targets as far as, you know, both positionally and, and individual players for the Broncos as we get closer to that. Do you guys expect them to make any more free agent splashes? I mean, they'll they'll fill the you know roster spots obviously with a lot of moves that we may not even hear about. But I'm going to give you guys a list of a few of the top remaining free agents and tell me if you guys would have any interest in the Broncos bringing these guys in at least kicking the tires. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Tyron Matthew, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle, center J.C. Treader. And then uh, our uh, old buddy of Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, has still available. He is actually not under contract with the Bucks. Currently. And he's also said that he's not committed to playing a season. But you put him with Russ. I'm just saying. Any interest well, in yeah, those he'd guys? Have to have a, he'd have to want to play first. I, no, I actually like, think, I'm, I'm not sure I actually think play, Rob so. Gronkowski's probably retiring. Um, but I just threw him in that list because I would could see if he was going to come back, the Broncos would be one of those two or three teams he would come back to, I think. Gil- Gilmore's interesting. I don't I don't know I don't know how much money the the Broncos even have. They got to be pretty up against it. Now, I know they could do some other things to free up some more cap space. I think they already restructured Cortland Sutton and uh yeah. uh Tim Patrick, uh, but I, th- I think there's, I think there's still a couple things they could do to free up a little more space. I don't expect any sort of big splash. To your point, um, you know, I could see him uh, signing another running back. Uh, uh, you know, some smaller deal, maybe Melvin Gordon if he comes back. Although I just was reading Melvin Gordon fired his agent. Uh, just a day ago, so clearly he's not. Things aren't going so well. He's not appreciating for him. how things are going for uh, his his free <laughs> yeah, agent market. It's your agent's fault, probably, that people aren't offering you. A yeah, him, him and Leonard Fournette, I, I think, is still not signed too. So it's, uh, you know, teams are hesitant to spend the money that they really want for these, you know, running backs. That well, we've seen that trend the over the last um, few years. You know, I I could see him. Uh, you know, I could see them signing a safety, maybe a Kareem Jackson um, back if if the market still stays kind of sour on him. Uh, but no, I I don't see really a big splash. I mean, I think I could see another defensive back. I could see uh, another defensive lineman potentially, right? But I don't, I don't think the way you phrase that, I'm going to say no because I don't I don't think you're going to see any sort of splash. I think the splashiest quote unquote that you could possibly see are one of these returning players that would actually get the Broncos fans kind of interested. Otherwise it's going to be some kind of player that half the people haven't really heard much about them. Right. So the name that really stands out to me on that list is Tyron Matthew. Uh, The honey badger I think would fit very well in this defense. And I, man, it just does not seem like there's a ton of interest. Get him on a, you know, a, a decent money deal. That's short and, you know, clear up some cap space for a year or two. I just think he's a guy that could really add to this defense, both in terms of his talent, but also his leadership. And he's kind of would be in the same role that they utilized Kareem Jackson last couple years. So I think if you ended up signing one, you probably wouldn't be looking at the other. But I don't know. Tyron Matthew was a superstar for the Chiefs for the last couple of years, and he's getting up there in age, and they've kind of just kicked him to the curb. And I could see him having a a, a strong second half of his career, a la a guy like Ed Reed. I'm not going to put him in that category. that caliber of of safety but ed reed had a a whole second career you know w- you know on the back now, half of I, it i wonder if signing someone like because that he's going to cost you more i believe than a cream jackson would 
Oh yeah, uh, you know, I, so, so I, I don't I, know what his number is, but he's no, that's but why he's not signed be, just because he's asking for top dollar, right? And I and I think it's going to be significantly more than someone like Kareem Jackson ends up signing for. I think if you sign someone like that, um, you're kind of by effect just downvoting confidence in Caden Stearns, right? I mean, no, no, no. You still need Caden Stearns. They play with three safeties a lot, right? On the field. Yeah, and, and I think they're going to play a lot of dime and nickel, and you know there there will be room for. But but I still think I think if you're paying someone like that, uh, I think that's a pretty significant. So you're think, ready to just turn to Caden Stearns as your guy as the other safety with with no safety net behind him. I didn't say no safety. You're putting words in my mouth. Over <laughs> What's here, the safety Terry? net? What's no, the safety? So the net? safety net is you get somebody like a Kareem Jackson, or you or you you draft somebody, or you get another smaller price tag free agent to come in. I'm not saying you get nobody, right? I'm, I I still think you're going to add a safety. I somehow. think if you bring in Russell Wilson, you make the moves that you did, you go all out, and if you can clear space to bring in an elite top tier guy, whether that's Tyron Matthew, whether they think that's him, whether that's a Stephon Gilmore that could really solidify. Your your cornerback group. I think that's something that I'd really love to see. Do I expect it? Probably not. I think you're probably right, Connor. It seems like they've made the moves they're going to make. You'll probably make some some small money moves, things either you know leading up to the draft, or a lot of times it's once everything clears, you know, the the dust settles after the draft, and you know kind of what's going to happen with that. So, yeah, yeah. There we go. All right, good stuff. It felt good to talk a little Broncos again, right? I yeah, mean, we've got to draft a little bit in the and, coming weeks. Yeah, it's it's weird this time of year because, you know, you get so into the playoffs, which, you know, we, we definitely want to spend some time next week talking some av- avs. Uh, Connor will be missing us. We'll be missing Connor next week and have Tyler Walgy sitting in. So we're going to take advantage of, of having him sitting in with us and we're going to talk some abs, some NHL playoffs, kind of see what our expectations are for the abs there and uh, the playoffs for the NBA will be set next week. So we're going to try it. to get to the NFL as much as we can, but a lot of that focus for us for the next couple weeks is going to be on the, the, the playoffs around here in Denver and, and our pursuit to championships. So for, for Nick and for Connor, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in to the Red Rock Sports Show.